You're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back. This is episode 48 of On The Road and this week, Senator Glenn Stirl drops by for a chat. We take a close look at the subject of trust in our current strange world. Mike has most definitely got something to talk about. That's a little later in the show. We've got a funny ditty about what it's like to be a truck. Great music from Garth Brooks and Eric Church along with our regular news and a whole lot more. It's another epic show, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Alrighty then, let's get the show off to a rollicking good start with Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up. The ultimate country rocking party song from Garth Brooks. Six o'clock on Friday evening, Mama doesn't know she's leaving till she hears a screen door slamming, rubber speeding, gears are jamming, local country station just a blaring on the radio. Big game up at seven and they're headed to the rodeo. Mama's on the front porch screaming out her warning, girl, you better get your red head back in bed before the morning.
Senator Glenn Stirl, welcome back to the show. How are you, mate? Michael, I'm on top of the world. Great to be back, mate, and welcome to the West, mate. I've heard you're a convert. Well, I am, mate. You're not going back, eh? Well, I don't know. You avoided me the other day. <laughs> you know, I told you where I was going to be, and you made sure that you weren't there. Uh, I think we have to tell your listeners, mate, I was probably about 20 minutes behind you, mm-hmm. and I'd lost seven or eight hours in Headland right. to an axle bearing leak. Mm-hmm. And I had to make up some time, mate. Yeah. Sadly, they wanted their truck back, ACFS. Yeah. Excuses, excuses. I would love to have caught up with you, mate. I reckon Sal could probably afford to have one down for a day. <laughs> I'll hold you to that, mate, because I'm not going back to Canberra. There you go. Don't be surprised if I pop up on your doorstep. Oh, uh, no, look, I'm here. I'm here. I'll be, down. I'll be back down in Perth in about a fortnight, mate. All right, mate. Give me a buzz. I will. So, that's organised the beer and the barbecue. Sounds great. Now what I want to talk about is a couple of things that's gone on over there on the border on the East Coast <laughs> and this rubbish that happened with that poor bastard in Buddy Victoria being put out of hospital. Now I saw the letter that you wrote and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have actually seen that letter. Where is that at now? I know the guy got back in for the procedure to be redone. Yeah. It was rescheduled. But is he going to get an apology or something, mate? Well, I haven't heard back in writing, mate, from my letter to the minister. I was very, very pleased to hear within 24 hours of me penning the letter and posting it up that Brendan, mm. I think it's Brendan, has had his procedure now brought forward. He's going to be locked in on August the 8th, which is great news. Yes. To that, I'm really wrapped, but I have not had a written answer back yet, mate. But as mm. soon as I do, I'll let you know. That'd be wonderful. It's saddening to me that this poor guy's had to go through what he's gone through, and it's also saddening to me that his health situation is now public property and public knowledge is something I don't think anyone should be exposed to. Yeah. I really do think that he is owed an apology by Vic Health. Oh, look, I agree, mate. And I only knew what was going on because well, I read it. Yep. I read it in big rigs. Yep. It was out there for the world to see for the poor buggy, you know, and not only that, the problem that he had, then had to jump in the truck and, and do a run between Melbourne City and Brisbane and back. I mean, yeah. crikey, you just couldn't imagine, could you? Well, anyone who's had a bit of a bowel issue knows what it's like trying to find somewhere. And, of course, we've got all these clowns now saying you can't use our toilets, mate. Mm, oh, this is just getting ridiculous out. Terrible. Yep. We need some leadership, Mike. Well, you know, I very, very, very rarely would support industrial action, I tell you, but I'm at the point now, Glenn, where I think I could almost join the TWU and stand side by side. You know what, Mike? I'm not instigating these talks because everyone just goes at me as the union organiser. You know, they tend to forget that I actually was a truck driver. But anyway, the amount of conversations I've been having, and look, I'm not mincing my words, I was on the Big Rigs show with Simon there last week. Yeah. And I talked about the diamonds on the front of the bull bars and on the back of the trailers, you know, where Truck Stop Australia stops. And I said, they're pretty powerful words. Mm. The reason I'm saying that is because the amount of people that are ringing me or contacting me on Facebook saying, We've had a guts full. And I don't start that conversation because I think there'd be nothing better than if we just parked up, I'm going to tell you, in three days it'll be fixed. But it is amazing, the anger. And there was, as late as Friday, a lady rang me from Melbourne and she said her and her hubby, uh, he drives and she runs the business. That's pretty familiar in Australia. And she said, they both talked and said the best thing we could happen is park up, stand up for our rates and get some respect. So there you go, mate. Well, you've got guys going into places to deliver product, products to these people that need them that are being redistributed, obviously, and they can't go to the toilet in there. Mm. Some of the rubbish that I've had forwarded to me, the company that I used to work for, Unidera Tanker Hire, I had this situation happen when I was working for him and I was doing a delivery to a place in Newcastle who should remain nameless because they came around. But he said they clearly don't want their product. Let me talk to the bloke there. And then there was a bit of a conversation and I was told because I actually needed to go. Yeah. And JJ said, if you don't let my driver go, I'll be telling him to come back to Sydney via the roadhouse where he can go. Good on him. And there should be a bit more of that. There should be a few more people with a bit of spine, I think. Well, it just annoys the living daylights out of me, mate, because we've kept our long distance and interstate and interstate truckies protected because we've kept them in the bubble, so to speak. Mm. But to deny them a basic right to access to toilets, for God's sake, I mean, this is just, oh, I can't believe this nonsense. And I've spent the weekend talking to drivers, mate. It's just everywhere you go now, it's just getting worse. And of course, my favourite line is, well, you want to go? Go between the tyres in their yard. Mm. Well, then you'll have an attitude problem, won't you, if you do that? Mm, yeah. Mate, uh, you were a union organiser back in the day. There's got to be something in the OH&S laws about this, surely? 
Absolutely, you know, HS, mate, and I can only talk for Western Australia's Occupational Health and Safety Act of 1984. Mm. Very clearly, mate, that you have to provide a certain amenities. Toilets are one of the amenities. If you can't supply those amenities, you've got to let the drivers go somewhere where they can access those amenities. Pretty simple, but someone's got to push the button. Well, it beggars belief that there is no one out there that is actually pushing the button. I'm constantly amazed by the lack of support some of our guys are getting. Mate, I did a run-up last year with Tim Dawson from the TWU because we were saying, you know, both of us are getting so many contacts about the lack of facilities and the poor toilets, let alone the roadhouses. Mm. You know, we talk about the roadhouses. Fortunately, there's some money now going to be spent. But, mate, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I congratulate the government. I did say good on you for doing that. But both levels of government, federal and state, regardless of who they are, have to step up to the plate, Mike. They do. They take a heck of a lot of money off the transport industry every time a key goes into the ignition. And let's not just talk about fuel excise, GST and everything else. I think it's inexcusable for federal and state governments not to provide these facilities. They need to do this, mate, because they relish taking the tax dollar off the trucking industry. They need to put it back and they need to do it under road safety, mate. 100%. You won't get an argument from me out of that. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. So moving on to the border issues with the, uh, the COVID permits and all that sort of stuff, irrespective of how anyone feels about COVID, mm-hmm. the various authorities are taking the stance that they have and we have to have these permits. We had a brief conversation only the other day about what does it take to get one permit, one week test and the drivers who are interstate drivers being not hassled. Is there no will to do that? No. No, this is the sad part and this why hence I penned this other letter to the Prime Minister to Minister Joyce Mm. being the Transport Minister and Greg Hunt being the Health Minister, the Fed. The Commonwealth has to step up. Mm. Now, it's all very well between the Commonwealth and the States. I'm not specific here to where my anger sits. Of course. For God's sake, cannot someone take control? Can we not get a system that is national? So whether we cross a border in Victoria, Western Australia, South Australia, wherever it may be, Mm. can't we just have one rule? Consistency for crying out loud when we've got health experts determining what they're determining. Good, okay, great. And there's, you know, there's who's got the bigger chest argument going on at the moment. Yes. But for God's sake, for our truckies, having a nine-inch bud shoved up each side of their nose every three days. Mike, you and I have both seen that. We've spoken to truck drivers. We've spoken to transport operators. Some are not even getting their results back. Oh, for God's sake, can't someone step up to the plate? The national, you know, that loving that they have nationally once a week or something. Yeah. For God's sake, this is where it should be discussed. Yeah. We are essential when it suits the governments, but we're not essential when it doesn't suit them. Well, we've gone from being essential to being unclean. Uh, yeah, yeah. It strikes me as it's wildly annoying to me, and I'm just fortunate that I'm over here in the West at the moment, whether I agree with the stance of the McGowan government or not. Sure. Life seems fairly normal here in Port Hedland. It's great, isn't it, mate? The whole state's like that. I just cannot understand. I think Gladys and the various premiers over there have lost the plot. When you saw the police presence in Sydney for a supposed protest, non-protest, that really does make you wonder how heavy-handed they intend to be. Yeah, Mike, I've got a view on this that I'm not the health expert. Of course. What I do know is, mate, when businesses are shut down, people lose money. When businesses lose money, workers lose money. Mate, my heart goes out to the amount of businesses who have struggled through this. When we had the JobKeeper, okay, that carried, I've spoken to a heck of a lot of business people and 
I don't think it was designed the best way it could have been done better. That's my own personal view. Yes. But it kept a lot of people employed. Yes. When there's nothing for them, when we're seeing that we're going from a tiny little restriction to rolling, stretching out, mm. LGAs being closed down, uh, businesses being closed down, all I would say, Mike, is that people might not like certain ways that other premiers have done, but I'm enjoying life here in WA, mm. and I could not possibly contemplate sitting for, like, the Victorians 100-odd days and New South Wales, well, who knows how long they're going to be. So whatever needs to be done, do it quick, go hard, fix the damn thing so we can all get back to normal or what we think is normal. Well, I would say that everything that Glenn and I are talking about at the moment is all unscripted. Glenn didn't know about any of these questions I'm asking him. This is all just from the lip. That's the way I operate, and I appreciate Glenn's indulgence in even taking the call. So it's a very good thing, and I wish some more people would be a little bit more open and a little bit more pragmatic about the direction they take. Yeah, good on you, Mike. Mate, it's great to get the call. You know, this is the problem, mate. You and I and about another 150,000 truck drivers could sit here and solve this problem within five minutes. Oh, yeah. I just wish our political leaders could at least sit down. Not everyone's got the biggest brain in the room, (laughs) but you can't keep treating our truck drivers like this. They just want certainty, mate. When you're watching blokes standing in the rain at the Tarkata Trailer Exchange to have a test, and then you get Simon O'Hara saying, well, if you guys won't pay for it, we will, speaking for Road Freight New South Wales, you've really got to ask questions, don't you? Well, you do, you do. But the interesting thing is I was talking to Gary Marm from the Queensland Trucking Association early last week, Mm. and Gary was the one that brought to my attention this new self-testing thing. Yes. Now, there's some wonderful commentary on social media, but you've got to put up with the nutcases as well as the intelligent people. Mm. But on this one, mate, I'm not saying that a lot of truck drivers would like to do it, but wouldn't it just help if we had them available? Yeah. They're Australian-made. The FDA in America have passed them. The Americans have ordered 20 million. Yes. They're used at the Tokyo Olympics. Truckies could have them in their club boxes. Employers could have them in their office or in the lunchroom or whatever they do. And we don't have to have truckies going through this hell trying to manage their fatigue management, parking somewhere on the Hume where it's only room for three B-doubles and there's about 30 or 40 waiting. Yes. All this crap and then waiting 24 hours or 48 hours for test results. Something as simple as this. Now, I know it's not going to please everyone or tease everyone, but God, if we can work that out, Mike, I'm sure the experts should have some idea. You'd like to think so. Just to finish up, mate, I had a listener call me the day before yesterday. A friend of his who's a driver had flown from Melbourne to Brisbane to pick up a truck. Mm-hmm. He had all of his documentation in order. The only thing he didn't have on him was the company COVID safe plan. And for this document, it's a company-generated document. It's not even an official document. Because he didn't have that document with him, he was escorted by the police into quarantine. All of his other paperwork was in order. I just wonder where our common sense has gone. Well, when I found out, I got a phone call. I spoke to the employer mm-hmm. and said to him, look, mate, I'm in receipt of your situation. Mm. I said, I'm just going to do something now. I'm on a Zoom, but I'll ring you back when it's finished. Mm. He said, I'm happy to report, Glenn, that the constabulary yes. realised, I think there was a change of shift and the superintendent was there and said, what the hell's going on? And I'm happy to report that that driver got out yes. and got on his merry way. But Well, that's wonderful. Well, I mean, you can imagine the poor driver, yeah. but I've had this all around the nation. In Queensland last week was the same. Yep. We had some overzealous enforcement officers at Gundawindi who were going a little bit crazy. But fortunately, the QTA through Gary Mann have got good working relationship with the police superintendent and that was resolved. Yeah. But they shouldn't have to be told, turn around and go back to Moree yeah, well. when they haven't done anything wrong. And, you know, they live in Queensland for crying out loud. Yeah. So what we need to do, Mike, when we hear all that, we need to pass messages on and between all of us, hopefully we can get some common sense and get some activity going. 18 months we've been doing this, mate. You'd think they'd have it sorted out by now. You would think they would have, I hate to use the word gold standard, maybe I won't use that. You would think (laughs) they would have a PhD in how to get trucks moving across the borders seamlessly without truck drivers having to stress, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, without trucks, Australia stops, mate. Powerful words, Mike. Thanks for joining me on the show, Glenn. I do appreciate you taking the call. All right, Mike. Thank you very much, mate, and I will hold you. I'll uh, hear from you in a couple of weeks, mate. I'll buy you a beer. I look forward to it. Take care, Mike, and spread the word about the West, mate. I will. Great place to live. Take care, mate. See ya. Thanks, mate. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. 
I listen to On The Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking With Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility, which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. G'day, I'm Darren. I'm listening to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. The Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Well, it's about that time of the week for our always incisive and usually slightly irreverent look at the news. Mike, are you ready to go? I'm good to go, buddy. Which side are you handling, the incisive or the slightly irreverent? I think I'll do the slightly irreverent today, thank you. That would have been my guess too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, mate. Yeah, listen, I was driving home from the shops this morning. Yep. And I was cut off by a guy in one of those small supermarket delivery trucks, you know, a little two-tonner or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cut me off. Then he cut off two other cars before he smashed into the back of yet another car. Right. As I went past, I saw he had a sign on the back of the truck and it said, how am I driving? And I thought to myself, <laughs> beats me. I've got no idea either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. All right, hooking in, mate. Following serious injuries to a worker sustained when a low loader ramp fell on him in South Australia, a demolition company has been fined $133,000 for failing to provide safe plant and systems of work. Yeah, that's a lot of money, but I'll tell you what, it's not nearly what the fine could be, you know. No, oh, for sure. Mate, the maximum penalty for that is $1.5 million. Mm. They reckon that they exposed a worker to the risk of serious injury or death. They failed to provide and maintain plant in a safe condition. Yep. And they failed to provide a safe system of work. This sort of thing is common. We've discussed in the past, truck drivers often get caught having to do things that they're either A, not familiar with, or B, not trained to do. Mm. They do the best they can to try and muddle through. This incident occurred in March in 2019, and the guy was performing work inside the drop zone of the 230 kilo ramps on the low-loader trailer when the ramps fell suddenly due to a failure of a hydraulic ram. Mm. You know, they always say to you, don't stand in the firing line. This guy got caught out. He suffered serious injuries, including fractures to his spine, pelvis, ankles, legs, ribs, and various other soft tissue injuries. It would not have been a fun experience for him. It would have hurt. It would have hurt. So, uh, you know, he's obviously on the way to rehabilitation. Mm. And the company's $133,000 lighter in their bank balance, and probably rightfully so. I wonder how much of that went to him. Well, probably none. Yeah. 
you have to wonder where that money goes. You do. I'd love to know where it goes. Yeah. Safe Work South Australia. Where does the money go? Hmm. Safe Work. Tell us, please. Yeah, we'd love to know. So would he, probably. <laughs> probably, probably would. Yeah. Well, Mike, still in South Australia, the SA Freight Council says councils across the state, especially some regional councils, are calling for improved maintenance on the state's roads. Mm. They're talking about roads being council responsibilities or federal or state government responsibility and council responsibility. Mm. And the issue of potholes on sealed roads is is a different challenge. Mm. Not all roads are the council's responsibility. We, We understand that to be true. But in their recent newsletter, South Australian Freight said that the significant increases in road maintenance funding with up to $283 million in the 21-22 period, mm. expenditures coming off the back of both state and federal budget measures, and it should really just be the starting point. The councils are urging their constituents to report any potholes or any other maintenance issues to the state roads directly and to the Department of Infrastructure and Planning. And they've given a number for that. It's a one three hundred eight seven two six double seven. It always strikes me as amusing that our trucks and cars and things have to be roadworthy, but our roads sometimes aren't vehicle-worthy. <laughs> don't have to be <laughs> car and truck-worthy, yeah. There's potholes on the Leichhardt Highway. Mm. You need a cut lunch and a six-pack and a bloody compass to find your way through. They're ridiculous. And when it rains, you could sail a boat across it. You could. They can't close our potholes, though, can they? Mm. Remember when we were talking to Rod Hannafy a while ago and he was saying about the bumps out at Yalabin? Mm. And the amount of pressure that that puts on the steer axle of his truck with the measuring equipment he's got in there. Mm. And he reports these things and sometimes councils just go, oh, okay, we'll look into that. And they never do. Yeah. So in keeping with what Rob was saying when we talked about that, people should understand that there is a strategy for dealing with it. And you can go to the NRFA webpage or the NRFA Facebook page and you can find out how the best way to go about reporting road damages to the various councils and road maintenance bodies that there are. Be nice, tell them the problem and encourage your mates to report it as well. Well, moving now across the nation over to your part of the world... Yeah. A WA-based not-for-profit organisation that works to prevent and reduce the impact of injury and to help those affected is releasing the third phase of its campaign to support the mental and physical health of truckies. Awesome. Isn't that wonderful? It's good to hear. It is, mate. This is one of the things that you and I are obviously both passionate about. Mm. The mental health and well-being of the people on the road with male or female doesn't matter. There are some real challenges to being a truck driver today. We do need different bodies to deal with it. There are people with different strategies to deal with it. You know, we've talked about healthy heads and health in gear and Mm. various other projects, one of which I'm fully aware you've been involved with, the fathering project. All this stuff is vitally important. In Western Australia, approximately 75% of serious road crashes are due to a simple mistake or a lapse of attention or fatigue or something like that. Part of the problem that causes all this uh, mental stress and thinking about things that, you know, mind not on the job, we have a tough life. We really do sometimes. Yep. And previous campaigns have focused on the importance of nutrition and the impact of medication and mental health and the recovery of drivers who have been involved in serious incidents or any incidents, life incidents, you know. We, we have any serious trouble just with life at the moment. Yeah. So program resources and information will be available from August 16 at injurymatters.org.au and go to the Big Rigs web page and have a look at the story for yourself. And if you do have any issues, please ring someone, ring a mate, ring Lifeline. You can ring Lifeline on 131114. That's 131114. Yeah. You know, it really encouraged me at the truck show, mate. Yeah. This real undercurrent of concern and care for drivers. Yep. In something like a truck show where it's all about the trucks and so on, that's great. Mm. But the fact that we're really starting to do something about it is very, very encouraging. It is, it is. Mm. We finally started to realise that the drivers are as important an asset to a business as the hardware we use. Yep. And I'm deeply gratified to see the improvement as well. Absolutely. Now, Mike, PBS or performance-based standard vehicles will soon be able to use a broader range of tyres, which the NHVR hopes will encourage the take-up of safer and more productive vehicles in Australia. Yeah, it's wonderful, isn't it? Hmm. The NHVR have finally realised that a tyre that meets the Australian standard is good enough. We don't have to go and have a spec tyre. 
Are they talking about a broader range of tyres or a range of broader tyres? <laughs> a broader range of tyres. See, right. my understanding, and you know, please, Sal Petrocito is the CEO of the NHVR, and he's the spokesperson at the moment, talks about all this sort of stuff. Mm. You know, if I'm wrong, Sal, please feel free to come on the show and correct me. But my understanding was that there really was only one or two brands of tyre that you could use on your PBS vehicle. Mm. And that was based around the Michelin X ZA tyre. We've discovered now that there are a number of tyres that do match the Australian standards and are suitable for use on PBS vehicles. There's nothing magical about a tyre. As long as they meet the standard, it looks like they're going to be approved. So the Tyre Industry Council have welcomed the introduction of the standardised tyre approach. And I think anyone who understands what tyres cost and how much effort there is involved in trying to comply with things like PBS would be happy that they're going to have a little bit broader approach and options that they can use and still be compliant. Mm. My piece of advice to the NHVR would be that the best way to make people compliant is keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Stop complicating things with silly rules. What they could do if they really wanted to be smart is they could have all the roads assessed and say, this class of vehicle is suitable for this road and open up the road network to people and say, if you've got a 30 metre road train, what they call an A train or a B double or 27 metre B double or whatever it is, it's suitable for this piece of road. Mm. That piece of road's not suitable for it. The infrastructure on the road is suitable for PBS or it's suitable for the mass managed vehicles or it's not. And assess those roads and open them up for the use of companies they can go and just apply for a blanket permit. You know, I've got a class one permit or a class two permit or a class three permit. And you can use that road without having to go through all the mayhem of applying for different permits for different roads. It's on a map, like a B-double route map. Mm. You apply for the permit, you've got the permit, and it's done and dusted. It's not complicated. It's very, very smart. Funnily enough, that's how it works in Western Australia. Yes. I'm not saying there's anything better over here than on the East Coast, but I'll tell you what, they are smarter in some ways over here, and that's one of them. Yeah. The NHVR could learn about that. Yeah. Moving right along, the TWU has called on New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian to enable nine heavy vehicle inspection stations across New South Wales to be set up for COVID testing at the sites. Wouldn't that be a smart thing to do? Kind of makes sense. It does kind of make sense, doesn't it? You know what the scariest part about this is? Well, one that we're talking about COVID, which we're not allowed to, but anyway, go on. I banned this, didn't I? Didn't, didn't I ban this? You did. Anyway, all right, fine. Mm. The scariest part about this, I happen to be agreeing with the TWU on something. That's a scary thought all on its own. It's all happening a bit too often, mate. I feel a bit sick, actually. <laughs> I feel <laughs> a bit sick. Have you been in to get tested? <laughs> I, was t I was tested as a child and I was found to be normal. Truck drivers want to do the right thing. They really do. They do, yep. And the problem we've got at the moment is this whole COVID regime is completely, utterly and totally up the wall stupid. And we've had 18 months of this rubbish. And by now, surely, we should be able to have things sorted out to the point where the tests are sorted out, the drivers have got access to them, there are the fast tests and all that sort of stuff. I had a great chat with Glenn Steele about it. And it's all too simple, really. Yep. Problem with it is, <laughs> the bureaucrats, I don't think, don't want to make it simple. Mm. If we have heavy vehicles going through, heavy vehicles checking stations and having their COVID tests and they're not blocking up the roads, we're complying, you've got your permits, things can be checked and tested. You can have bypass lanes for the trucks on the borders. They display their permit on the windscreen and chortle straight through, mm. not being involved in all the stop-start traffic congestion and all the rest of it. The drivers get to comply with their logbook hours. They get to comply with the COVID rules such as they are. Life goes on as seamlessly as possible. And everyone gets their toilet paper. Well, and everyone gets their toilet paper. That's right. Mm. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. And you would think that after 18 months, someone would have come up with the ability to do it. Yeah. Well, mate, if you think about it, if they make it too simple, then everyone will start applying common sense. Oh, no. And then we'll have no need for them, so they can't do that. Let's not go there. Yeah. Well, there you go. I don't suppose you've got any breaking news for us this week, have you? Beep, 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 Okay. I get a little kick out of doing that, you know? Yeah, I know. But we do have some breaking news. What do you got? Well, 
Burson Auto Parts yes. are backing a new regional transport museum. It's going to be in Shepparton. Okay. Right, so it's Burson's 50th anniversary, right? Yep. And they've got some celebrations, because when you turn 50, you have celebrations. And they've joined forces with the Museum of Vehicle Evolution, which is located in the Victorian rural city of Shepparton. Mm. Now, they've got some old trucks there. Anyone who's familiar with the transport industry would recognise the name Phillips from Shepparton. Those black and sort of duck egg blue Kenworths and things that used to run about. There's a K125CR, which has been up in the Transport Museum in Alice Springs, which has been brought down to be put in the new MOVE Museum. Mm-hmm. And the partnership is going to showcase the Australian history of supplying parts and keeping our nation's cars and trucks and things on the road and being intrinsically involved with many special events. Go to thebigrigs.com.au webpage and read the story for yourself. It's only been up for a little while. It's very interesting, very exciting to see some of this sort of stuff going on. Burson's opened their first store in Victoria in 1971. Mm. And Burson's haven't paid for this. It's not an ad or anything like that. I just found it intriguing. I, I saw the picture of the old Phillips K125 and I thought, it was, I used to own one of those. Yeah. It was a great old truck and that one that they've got fully restored there, brought down from Alice Springs, brilliant. And here was me thinking a Phillips K125 was a fluorescent light tube. <laughs> There you go. I'm going to have to slap you, you know. <laughs> yeah, join the queue, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what, if we ever get parole and we're allowed to leave other states, it'd be great to get down there and have a look at that. It sounds brilliant. Would be. Mm. It would be awesome, yeah. Kermie can go and have a look at it. He's only just up the road. Oh, well, he can report in for us. He can. <laughs> All right, mate, thoughts for the week. Okay. Be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. Yes, good advice. Yeah, and the second one, which I think is lovely, comes from Mae West. And it says, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. <laughs> she was a piece of work, wasn't she? She certainly was. Yeah, Mae West. What was it? It's not the man in her life, it's the life in that's, her men, wasn't it? Something that's like that? right. Yeah. That's exactly the line, yeah. She was quite a girl. Yep. She would have gone off like a frog in a sock. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You just handled your slightly irreverent part perfectly <laughs> and right on cue. My work here is done. All right. We'll see you next week, mate. Good on you, mate. Cheers. And in some really late, late breaking news, word just in that both the north and southbound cafes at the Wyong service centres between Newcastle and Sydney have closed their doors. They're saying due to COVID issues, and we're led to believe that the McDonald's at both places are still open. We'll bring you more news about this when it comes to hand. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hi, it's Guy. I listen to On the Road on the Oz Big Rig Road Show. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Here's a funny little song by Red Simpson about trucking written from the point of view of the truck. Naturally enough, it's called... Hello. I'm a truck. You've heard songs about truck drivers many times. Their stories told how they pulled out of Pittsburgh for six days on the road, about the Feather River Canyon and climbing the old grapevine. That old roadhouse down in Texas and the girls they've left behind. You've heard their tales of daring, and I think that's just fine. But if you can spare a minute. Well, I'd like to tell you mine. There'd be no truck drivers if it wasn't for us trucks. No double clutching gear, jamming, coffee, cranking nuts. They'll drive their way boring, and they have all the luck. There'd be no truck drivers if it wasn't for us trucks. Well, there he sits in that play, drinking coffee and telling lies. Probably telling them how he topped that hill ten miles back. 
He ought to tell him how he missed the gear and that Volkswagen bus full of hippies passed us like I was sitting up on Jack. Or how we took that curve over on 66. Had bent me hanging on the shoulder with a both wound up in the ditch. If we're on time, he takes the credit. If we're late, I get the blame. Up those hills with shutters open, my stacks are running flame. My tackle running red lights, sucking diesel from the tanks. I take him south and bring him back without a word of thanks. So now you've heard my story, and I guess it's my tough luck. There'd be no truck drivers if it wasn't for us trucks. There'd be no truck drivers if it wasn't for us trucks. No double-clutching gear jamming, coffee-drinking nuts. They drive their way glory, and they have all the luck. There'd be no truck drivers if it wasn't for us trucks. Look at him sipping coffee and flirting with that waitress. And what do you think he left me? That's right, next to a cattle truck. Why couldn't he have put me next to that little pink Mac sitting over there? Gosh, she's got pretty mud flapped. And talk about stacked. They're both grown. Well, he'll be coming out in a minute, and he'll get that bar, and he'll go around and beat on my tires. You know, for two pints of diesel, I'd have a flat on the inside duel. Ha, that fixed him. I never did like the way he drives anyhow. Thanks she's God's gift to waitresses. He never gives him a tip. Well, I know what he's going to do now. He's going to take out that tape cartridge of Buck Owens and play it again. I don't know why he don't get a Merle Haggard tape. It's time for That's What You Think. Some say they're too opinionated for their own good. Some say they're just a pair of grumpy old men. We just know them as Mike and Andy. Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Wake me when it's over. Question for you. Okay, fire away. I want to know what you think on this one. Okay. If I was to ask you, do you trust me, what would you say? Yes. Okay, and on what basis do you trust me? Uh, well, over our friendship, hmm. you've never given me a reason not to trust you. Good. So what you're saying is I've earned it, basically. Basically, yeah. Okay. At the risk of sounding like a mutual admiration society, the feeling is mutual. Hmm. I would trust you any time you said something to be true. Thank you. I am of the opinion that trust, like common sense and common courtesy, is fast becoming a thing of the past. Hmm. And I'm going to upset you here because I'm going to steer this conversation around to the dreaded COVID. Hmm. But the question that I have for you is... And this really troubles me, but when it comes to COVID yep. and when it comes to information about it, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be the vaccinations, whatever, mm. who of all the people that are giving information out on this do you trust to be telling the truth? Well, that's a tough question. I don't really trust anyone. Yep. Simply because I have life experience that informs me about what's going on. You look at the numbers and you look at what's being said and you look at what the politicians are doing mm. and then you look at previous things that have happened in the country with respect to other viruses and the numbers that have been involved in those and what hasn't happened. Yep. And the only thing I trust at the moment is that we aren't being told the whole truth. Yep. People are acting in their own best interest, not the interest of the country. You know, my trust level is for Big Pharma and, and all that sort of stuff is virtually zero. Mm-hmm because I've always held the view that the big farmer aren't, they're not a charitable organisation, they're not an altruistic organisation, they're not a group of people that have got together with the best interests of the whole world in you know, their boardroom. Mm. They're a corporation that answer to their shareholders and they're about making profit. And the fact of the matter is that there's no profit in healthy people, there's no profit in dead people, but there is profit in people that are sick. Yep. And for that reason, I don't trust them. Yep. And that's pretty much how I feel about it. I'm fairly cynical about the whole thing, actually. Yeah. And I don't think you're Robinson Crusoe on that, mate. I think everyone's become that way. Hmm. You and I are both, shall we say, dabblers in the weird and wonderful world of Twitter. Yep. And it's intrigued me, but it's also saddened me. Yeah. People tend to hang with their own kind, if you like. Of course, it's a bubble. 
Yeah, and what I'm saying is that people who normally get on really well, mm. good mates, very supportive of each other, yep. are suddenly turning on each other over something like vaccines. Yep, who has and who hasn't had the jab and whether you believe in it or not. Yeah, yeah. but perfectly reasonable people who normally mm. are very caring and looking out for their brothers and sisters mm. that are completely turning their backs on people who have decided that the vax is not for them. Yep. I take the opinion, look, it's your own personal decision. If you think it's right for you, do it. Yeah. If you don't, don't. But don't alienate each other because they have a different opinion to what you have. Yeah, well... I honestly believe, you know, you look at the governments and you look at the pharmaceutical all saying, look, these vaccines are perfectly 100% safe. Mm. However, if something happens to you, we're not responsible and you can't make <laughs> us responsible for it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that rings bells in the back of your head. Well, But at the same time, you're hearing people that are, and I'm not going to call them anti-vaxxers because I don't believe there's any anti-vaxxers around. There are cautious people that are waiting and seeing, yep. and I get that. I totally get that. Yep. But I'm hearing people on that side that are pulling facts and figures from here, there, and everywhere else which as much as I'd like to believe them, mm. I've lost that level of trust now in people where I don't know what to believe anymore, mate. I really don't. Well, I think that there is an element out there, people that can't critically think anymore, <laughs> or unable to or unwilling to. You know, like you, I've been fairly involved in Twitter particularly. But the fact is it's a cesspit. It's a, an opinion thing. Mm. And... You know, there's a whole variety of opinion out there. And unfortunately, friends, we all know what happens if you say something controversial on social media and it doesn't matter what platform you're talking about, yep. then the baying mob, if they don't like it, will come after you. Yep. I've experienced that <laughs> Yeah. several times because I've said something that people don't agree with, God forbid. Oh, absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter how much evidence you present, I think that once people have made their own mind up where they sit on it, mm. they're unwilling to listen to an argument and therefore be potentially changing their minds. Yep. You know, it's easy to fool some of the people and you can fool some of the people some of the time and you can't fool all of the people all of the time. Mm. The problem that we're seeing and I think the thing that's generating this mistrust is that there's been so much inconsistency. Yep. I mean, if you do want to think rationally about COVID... It's very, very difficult to look at the positions that the various politicians have taken over the course of the last 18 months. They've had everybody position. You know, we could write a Kama Sutra of political positions. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> yeah. everyone and anyone has got a position about it. Yep. And some of them are opposing. It's caused splits within the parties on both sides. Oh, mate, it's caused splits between friends and between families and everything else. Yep. It's, may it's mayhem. It is. And the other thing about this too, the social fabric that we've come to know and enjoy is being slowly eroded by the fact that we're not supposed to even talk to each other in the supermarket anymore. Christ, who believes in that? Mm. You know, who believes social isolation is a good thing? I certainly don't. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking in the news about the mental state of people and, you know, the fact that there are some people out there that are more vulnerable than others. Yep. I like to think of myself as a fairly well-informed, fairly well-educated, fairly balanced individual. Yep. And sometimes I just get so frustrated with what some people say, I just switch them off. Yeah. I really can't be bothered arguing with people about it anymore. No. You know, I've made my mind up to suit me. And I think that's what you have to do in the end, mate. Yeah. As much as I'm always big on looking after each other and you know putting other people's needs before your own, yeah. on this one, I think people have to just stop. Yep. I won't say look at the facts because God knows where you find the facts now, but look at the information you have on hand, make a decision on what's right for you and your family yep. and run with it and hopefully not be crucified for taking that position. We've got the situation now, though, mate. You're talking about the lack of trust. Mm. We have police walking around with guns yep. and tasers, yep. stalking up to people. There was a guy in the airport who's wearing his uh, exemption around his neck on a lanyard, mm. you know, being escorted outside by the police with all that intimidation sort of attitude. Yeah. No one wants to argue with the police. It's not generally an argument you're going to win. That's right. But at the same time, the poor guy's sitting there in the cafeteria, having a drink, minding his own business, being monstered by two or three cops. Yeah. What do you do? There are endless videos now of the police doing things to people. Now, for me, my father was a police officer for 33 years. 
Mm. I know police. I know what they're like. I grew up around them. I can honestly tell you if my father saw what was going on with the police in this country today, he would be extremely unhappy because we're not seeing the best of our police at the moment. The trouble with it is is that they're doing the bidding of the government. Yeah, well, that's it. And we're not seeing the best of our government at the moment. Just in the devil's advocate for a moment on behalf of the police. Yeah, you're seeing some bad stuff. You're seeing a lot of good stuff as well. The mm. problem is that it's not just the law enforcement people themselves are now taking the law into their own hands and playing God yeah, yeah. along the way. And we're in a society where if someone falls down in the street, mm. we used to run over to see if we could help them. Yep. Now everyone just pulls out their phones and videos it. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? You want, you want to know what the worst part about it is, mate? Mm. You know, today, the day we're talking recording this, Yep. today is the anniversary of Anne Frank yep. being arrested by the Gestapo. Yep and her family being carted off mm. and ultimately dying in one of the death camps. Yep. Well, fact is, they were dobbed in by someone who thought that they were doing the right thing. We're not that far from that now. No, you're dead right. We don't have the gas chambers, but we are having people arrested. Yep. There was a guy there that was arrested and had a seizure and a heart attack the other day. I saw that. You know, tragic. Yeah. And we've got people being held for six days because they're not wearing a mask. Yep. You can go and steal a car and smash it through the front of a shop to try and steal the bloody ATM and not go to jail for six days. Yep. You'll get bail. Yep. Where are we going? Oh, mate. Anyway. You're winding me up. Oh, yeah, mate. I, I promise we weren't going to talk about COVID again and I've overstepped the mark big time. But at least everyone knows that's what we think. Yeah. Can I just add one thing? Go for it. Because we've really got to add one thing. Yes. It wasn't that long ago we were screaming about Muslims wearing burqas. Yep. And we were saying because we couldn't see them, their face, mm. we couldn't identify them. Yeah. What are we doing now? Oh, mate. I was thinking about that the other day, you know, all those years where I've not been able to wear my open-faced motorcycle helmet into a service station. Yeah. Apparently now I can if I wear it backwards. <laughs> <sighs> I saw a guy, you know, the horror movie with the guy with the ice hockey mask no, on? Oh, yeah, yep. I saw a guy wear an ice hockey mask the other day. Mm. I mean, give me a break. Yep. You know what I think. I do. I know what you think. Yeah, that's what we think. If you're listening into this and nodding in agreement or shaking your head in rage, whichever way it may be, let us know what you think. How do you feel about this? Have you, have you lost trust in everyone? Yep. They can call me on the number on the web page or on my Twitter profile or on the Facebook page. Drop us an email. And tell us what you think. Be good to know. Yep. Cheers, bud. See ya. Pickles here. I listen to On the Road on the Australian Big Rig Road Show. said on many occasions that Andy and I present this show with a view to being an independent voice for drivers or people who have an interest in the industry and to provide an avenue for the dissemination of information and generally a conversation about what's going on in the industry that I've been a part of for a very long time and take a huge interest in. There are things happening in our country now that I really can't explain. And as I've said on several occasions, regardless of what you think about the current situation with the border closures and COVID, the government's responses to all that, there is one thing that I'm absolutely certain of. And that is that some people are showing their true colours now. Some people are showing exactly what they think now. I find it disturbing on a lot of levels. We're going through a situation now where people are denying truck drivers access to basic facilities. They're being denied access to toilets. They're being denied access to showers. They're being denied access to meals. Now, this is all covered under occupational health and safety. We are allowed to have access to these things or we should have access to these things. Then I hear people shout at me, well, they're private businesses. They can do what they like. And I suppose to a point they can. The reality of it is... Without trucks, Australia stops. We all know this to be true. Then again, we all know just how hard it would be to try and coordinate some sort of a stoppage. Now, I am not advocating for industrial action, although I think the time is coming where industrial action could probably be warranted. We really are getting the raw end of the stick. And as you heard when I spoke to Glenn Stirl, there is no will, really, to solve the issues. One test 
one permit and interstate truck drivers should be allowed to cross the borders freely to do their work. I have yet to see or have information presented to me where an interstate truck driver has been the cause of an outbreak of any disease anywhere. That's not to say that it hasn't happened, but I'm certainly unaware of it if it is. Things need to change. The point of what I'm trying to get through today is that we're doing the best we can and some people aren't supporting us. I think that we should remember the people that don't support us. And with that in mind, I'd like to probably name and shame a few people. I refuse to go back to the roadhouse at Balata, the BP at Balata. I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars there over the years on meals and fuel. And in the previous round of COVID, I went in to try and buy something and have a shower only to be denied service. I'm disgusted by that and I refuse to go back. Anyone who has experienced that can probably understand the level of anger I had at the time. The one time when I wanted them to actually support me, it's not as if I wanted anything for free. I just wanted to get what I wanted to get. We're out here doing the job. If there's anyone that wants to talk about this, please feel free to send me a message. I think it is something we should be talking about. We should be remembering people who refuse a service and we shouldn't be supporting them in the future. That's my opinion. That's something to talk about. And to take us out this week, here's a song dedicated to all the lady truckers out there. Eric Church sings about his mum and her career as a truckie with Bad Mother Trucker. show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Maybe there's something in that for all of us. Andy says... Hello. Testing. Testing. (laughs) And our guest says... Everyone was a bit confused. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. She's a reason I ride.